Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. man for the Dallas mob. He used to run guns to Castro when he was still on our side. Mm. We almost had Castro with us, then we tried to whack him. Everybody's flipping sides all the time. It's funny games, man, funny games. What's the mob, Dave? How do they take in this? The agency, too, man. CIA and the mafia working together, trying to whack out the beard, mutual interest. They've been doing it for years. This boy, this thing you could dream. Well, check out something called uh, Mongoose, Operation Mongoose. Uh, government, Pentagon stuff. Uh, Dan Charge. But who the f pulls whose chain? Who the f knows? Oh, what a deadly web we weave when we practice the deceit. And who killed the president? Oh, man, why don't you stop it? This is too big for you. You know that? This is who did the president? Who killed get man? It's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. The shooters don't even know. Don't you get it? Man? 
Wow. You Very know, dramatic. Maybe everybody's so stressed because of those bongos constantly yeah. going in the background. Right. Make it puts you on edge. Make me want to shoot somebody. Right. Um, so that's Joe Pesci from the movie JFK, the Oliver Stone movie. The, the reason it's worth mentioning that is that the movie coming out, they think, is what prompted Congress to change when this stuff was going to be released to yesterday. It was scheduled to be released in 2029, but that movie was such a big hit, and people so got into the whole conspiracy thing yeah. that Congress, yes, we did. <laughs> Congress wanting to react to the mood, like they always do, uh, moved up the date until yesterday. So the uh, government only had, since 1992, to get their act together on this. Uh, Trump had tweeted Wednesday, the long-anticipated release of the JFK files will take place tomorrow. So interesting! Exclamation mark. Then the next day he had to say, well, we can't release all of them. There's some sort of problem. So anyway. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Please welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Joseph Palermo. He's a history professor at uh, California University of California University, best known as Sac State. California University at Sacramento. I can never remember the proper name. California State University at Sacramento. That's it. There you go. That's it. I probably could have asked the professor, sir, how are you? Very good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, he has written a couple books on uh, Robert F. Kennedy and and, uh, and and that period of history, which is uh, one of our favorites to read about and learn about. So what's your, um, your general reaction to the release of the files and the non-release of some of the files? Well, I'm disappointed that they, they had, like you said, they had 25 years to prepare for this. So I don't see why they're still about, I guess, I read somewhere 2,800 files that there's still CIA and FBI files that, even Trump uh, balked at giving the public. Um, I don't know. I don't know why, because these very important people you see all through the media are telling us that anybody who even fathoms that it might be a conspiracy at all is a crackpot, and yet they're still withholding information. You know, the documents that have been released are are fleshing out a lot of things that we already knew. It's quite interesting, actually. Um, and you know, and there's a lot of red herrings and goofy uh, conspiracy theories out there but the 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 one i'm most interested in is that there was and this is documented there was collusion between the cia and the mafia to assassinate fidel castro i mean and that's in there and some of the documents pertain to that that were released i found a good one here and um one of it was a triangulated sniper fire exactly the kind that looks like um ended up killing the president of the united states in dallas so you're going with the there is more than one shooter thing, then? Absolutely. I, I, I've believed for years, and this is just from looking at the evidence, that had uh, Lee Harvey Oswald gone to trial, he would no jury would have convicted him. The, the, the evidence, against when you really look at it, it's very flimsy, and a lot of it could be thrown out. And the idea that this guy who called himself a patsy, and, and by all it looks to me like that's exactly what he was, all of his contacts are, are very strange for some guy who is supposed to be this Marxist-Leninist commie uh, in 1963. Uh, he doesn't hang out with the commies. He hangs out with a bunch of right-wing Cubans. doesn't make any sense, you know, mm. his contacts. So, so help me understand, because I've, I, this is a rabbit hole I have not chased down much in my life. If, if indeed the CIA is consorting with the mob to rub out Castro, who was the mortal enemy of JFK, how does JFK end up dead? 
Well, it, the, these things are the, the level of operational control that the Kennedys had over any of this is very questionable because it wasn't until May 1962 when Robert Kennedy was even informed that the CIA had been um, working with, with the mafia, uh, Sam Giancana. This, they had a cutout guy named Robert Mayhew. Now, we knew a lot about this stuff because of the there was a House Select Committee on Assassinations in the mid-70s that issued a report that fleshed out a lot of Ruby's ties to organized crime. Um, the Warren Commission claimed that Ruby was a clean guy. He just owned a couple of strip clubs in Dallas and came from Chicago, but he's just this regular guy. We're talking know? about the guy who shot Lee Harvey Oswald right, right. after the assassination, Jack Ruby. So you, you yeah. think he was in on it, too? Oh, absolutely, because it all fell on him to make sure that this thing didn't go to trial um, because Ruby was connected to um, the mafia and he was also connected locally in Dallas. He, he was, he was very um, tight with all of the big part of the police force there and everything else. Now, my main thing I would tell people is just when you get these very important people on TV telling us that anybody who uh, thinks of a conspiracy is a crackpot, I would just answer that, you know, the Watergate scandal was a conspiracy. The, the coups that the CIA played a role in in uh, Chile and Guatemala and Iran, those were conspiracies. Um, there, ha- there have been a lot of conspiracies. So the idea that, oh, anybody who harbors the idea that Lee Harvey Oswald didn't act alone is a crackpot is really um, ignoring a lot of American history, especially in this period, because Kennedy fired Dulles, the CIA director, and he fired Richard Bissell, and he fired this guy, George Cable, after the Bay of Pigs. And those three guys were the ones who were running this operation with the mafia to kill Castro. I, and so, yeah. Okay, go ahead if you want to finish that thought. Well, well, just that Alan, Del- Alan Dulles ends up on the Warren Commission himself, a guy who Kennedy fired who was, who was dirty. He's dirty in all this mafia collusion stuff with the CIA and assassinations. If you read about Alan Dulles and read about Jack Ruby, this whole thing stinks to high heaven. You don't have to be a, a, whack, a whack job to see there's something more going on here. Professor Joseph not- Palermo of Sacramento State University, are you indeed a whack job? I don't think so. Okay. All right. I just thought I'd establish that. Most so- whack jobs don't think they're whack jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's in fact, anybody yeah, yeah. who says I'm a bit of a whack job probably isn't. You can probably deal <laughs> with it. Um, I'll tell you what. Let me put down my foil hat. <laughs> yeah, it's too hot for a foil hat. Hey, listen, seriously, the, the one thing that I think is indisputable about the period of time we're talking about is that the FBI and the CIA were not well controlled by the civilian government. Right. Exactly. See, this is the thing. They use cutouts. They use the term cutout. The reason why you use What's a, a cutout? cutout it's is a cutout, yeah, to say that you do not know these people. In other words, Mayhu and, and these guys, these mafia contacts, they didn't have any documentary record that's going to say pay to the order of Sam G and Kana $150,000. But they're talking about it in these documents, you know. And this is all verbal winks and nods. It, you, you don't operate these kind of things where you're going to have a paper trail that's going to lead back to you. That's not the point, right? And right. the CIA... So the CIA, they were laundering money back since 1948 when they, they intervened in the Italian elections to try to keep the commies out. I mean, they had money laundering. They had cutouts. They had shell companies. Uh, they still do. 
I sure. mean, we don't know what they do now. We don't well, know now, here, let's, let's talk about the recent release of documents real quick. It seems perfectly reasonable to me that the 300 or so that were held back um, could be currently relevant people uh, and sources and methods. Do you think that's reasonable, or do you think it's a picture of Jack Ruby uh, smoking a cigar with Fidel Castro and that sort of thing? <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, well, you know, the one the one group of documents that we all the, the JFK researchers are really interested in is around this guy named George Joannides because he ran an operation called JM Wave in Miami, and he had all these right wing Cubans, including a right wing student organization, anti Castro Cubans that some participants of the Bay of Pigs and that kind of thing. But they had all these contacts with Oswald, which is really strange, because Oswald's supposed to be this hardcore commie, and yet his contacts are with Juanides Miami JM Wave uh, right-wing Cuban student groups in, in, in New Orleans in, in the summer of 63. And so there's, there's really – but they don't have any documents that I'm aware of that even mentions George Joanides. If you Google him, they have a little bio on him, uh, Wikipedia and stuff. He's out there, but he's a very kind of shadowy operator who ran the whole Miami uh, deal at the time, right? And the Miami operation, the CIA shouldn't even have been running anything in Miami because the CIA is supposed to focus on foreign um, right. you know, intelligence. The FBI is supposed to focus on our shores. So the whole thing is sketchy, and, and I don't see any documents about him yet. And that might be those might be some of the ones that we withholding anything involving Miami and the JM wave, uh, because that's where the action was on this stuff. Well, do you and, think we're going to get the because aren't they saying this is going to be reviewed for 180 days? Do you think we're going to get all the papers and then you can search that name and try to nail this down? Or do you think they're going to hold back this stuff? I would love to see Donald Trump do that. I think that would be probably release this stuff cold, bring it out in the open. What has he got to lose? He ran against the establishment anyway, you know, and uh, and all this stuff about the deep state and everything. I think it'd be a great. Maybe he, could, maybe he could bring that out and Barack Obama's birth certificate at the same time. Yeah, yeah. two for there one. Go. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a good trade. <laughs> Joseph Palermo yeah. is a uh, professor of history at Sacramento State University. You know, I tell you what, let's talk again about this sometime when we have a, a little more time. You're obviously, uh, to, to, to say well-read on it is an understatement, but um, let's stay in touch with some uh, as some of this stuff uh, becomes more clear. Yeah, thanks a lot. I'd love to be on again. All right, great. Thanks a million. Joseph Palermo from uh, Sac State University. Guy's passionate about it. You know, yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, he's enthusiastic, and obviously there are a hundred names involved, and right. it starts to boggle the mind if you're not hit yep. to all these people, yep. but he obviously has a solid idea the only problem i would have with uh part of his theory is the here here's this communist who visited the soviet union but he's in he's in league with right-wing uh, cubans this sounds a lot like a lot of these jihadists who seem to be really into the muslim fundamentalism thing while they're going to strip clubs and having gay sex or whatever mm-hmm. they're just they're they're misfits of one kind or another they're gonna lash out at the world they're, the thing they're grasping onto for their ideology doesn't all fit together. It doesn't make sense. It can be one thing, then another yeah. pretty quickly. They just want something. And or he was there to undermine. But th- I don't have proof of that. Unlike a lot of you, judging by your emails, the minute you get a notion, you're 100% convinced it's true. 
that's a possibility that he was there to keep an eye on him. I don't R- know. RFK, just hit it real quickly. Um, in the, uh, the Carroll books about LBJ, and uh, the most recent one he wrote that went through the uh, assassination part, um, Robert Kennedy, because he'd been really hard on the mob, and he was getting death threats all the time because he really cracked down on the mob, mm-hmm. and they were out to get him, like legitimately. As soon as he heard his brother was shot, his first thought was the mob got him. Uh, I don't know how long he believed that. Um, you know, he was dead a few years later himself. But that is what, that's the first thing he thought, is these guys that I've been cracking down on said they were going to get us, they got us. Right. Right. And that might be a decent guess. I don't know. Who knows? Or it was just a rando. Just a rando guy with a rifle. Which we don't want to believe is possible, but... I'd like to believe it, but I don't know. Oh, the polls on what Americans believe about the Kennedy assassination are really oh, interesting. Oh, I haven't seen that. It may be the one thing we can come together on as a people. Democrats, Republicans, okay, well, us, we'll them. We'll, <laughs> we'll hit that real quick. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Today, President Trump had the JFK files declassified. Yeah. Yeah, Trump said, I can take the class out of anything. Wow. Oh, boy. Everything's got to be about Trump. Hey, uh, quick aside before we get back to that. Boy, uh, well, hold on a second. So I got a uh, mugshot for you. Okay. I want you to guess the guy's crime. And it's, <laughs> it's not something... It's, Always enjoyable. It's not something abhorrent or I wouldn't play this game. Okay. And to me, it's not abhorrent. You might think it's abhorrent, but it's not. Okay. It's not like a crime against a child or something like that. Okay. Uh, what'd this guy do? Look at this guy. <laughs> oh, boy. Look at this guy, Sean. Oh, huh? boy. Good, mu- good mug shot, huh? Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. P- public defecation? Bad. <laughs> like uh, some sort of patchy beard, eyes half closed, just all I kinds w- of. I want to say stealing something less than $70. <laughs> Copyright <laughs> infringement. <laughs> You gotta guess. You going with what? I'm going with public defecation. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Sexing up horses. Oh, oh, oh dang boy. It, wrong again. Oh boy. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. He looks like a horse blanker, doesn't he? <laughs> you know? Yes, he does. God dang it. Oh my god. All kinds of different people. All kinds of different people. Green acres is the place for me. We need to get that guy a robot. Oh, All right. Moving. Nay means nay. Can, <laughs> thank you, Michael. Thank you. That's beautiful. So. We need transition music. Yes. What just happened? I forgot myself. My mind is wiped clean. All right, turn it off. Turn, please turn it off. Tabula rasa. <laughs> I will tell ya this about the investigation into the JFK assassination and the Warren Commission report. And I've never been a, a into this conspiracy. I've always thought it's probably more simpler than it seems. More simple than it seems because so many of the people who who do go after the conspiracy stuff seem really nutty to me. 
Yeah, it's funny. We got a bunch of texts from people who said, "Boy, that guest was awesome," and uh, you know, I'm tuning out. I'll be back in five minutes. That sort of thing. So it depends on who you are. I guess. Having said that, it was documentably clear that Joseph Kennedy stole the election for JFK. There was massive voter fraud in Chicago, in particular, which won Illinois. Blah blah blah. Nixon knew it. He had proof. But he chose for the good of the nation to keep his mouth shut because he knew that would shake us to our core as a democracy, as a system. And so essentially the word went out, and Jack, you've read at least as much as me and more uh, on this period of history. The word went out, essentially, don't effing ever do that again. We are so on to you, but we're going to keep it quiet for the good of the country. So that civic spirit really, really existed. To the point where the guy who should have won said, okay, I'll lose, which is really uh, an amazing and selfless act in a way by Richard Nixon. In that world, can you picture people like that saying, if it became clear how completely out of control the CIA and the FBI were, to the point that one of their guys ended up assassinating the president, essentially, as Joe Pesci was rambling about who's pulling whose chain, blah, 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 blah. Can you imagine how that would shake America to its core? And they just agreed, let's say the dude with the rifle acted alone for the good of the country. We've reigned in the CIA. We've reigned in the FBI. We've instituted all these reforms, et cetera, but we can't let everybody know it. Okay. Took me a while to figure out where you're going. So you think... It's because my thoughts are so complex, man. (laughs) And I'm old Simple Jack, so I finally figured out at the end, though. So, yeah, so they think, well, in effect, we can't handle the truth. Well said. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if we were to say America, yeah, look, our CIA, we, we gave them such loose reign when they are assassinating dictators around the world and all this sort of stuff. They actually took out our own president. Yeah, we couldn't handle that. Right. Hmm. I'm not sure we could. I'm not sure we could either. Yeah, so. You'd have had, you could have had rioting the streets. You could have had, oh, well, yeah, it could have gone crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, God, well, you know, uh, novels have been written uh, about the political upheaval. You think there's political upheaval now, please. I mean, can you imagine? A complete shattering of the system. All right, moving along from that theoretical note, <clears throat> which may well be true. Big poll came out recently. I can't remember who did it, but, uh, oh, it was uh, the, uh, the Simeon Survey Monkey. From 538, only 33% of Americans believe one man was responsible for the Kennedy assassination. 61% think that others were involved in some sort of conspiracy. And the word conspiracy has gotten so charged lately. People deciding to accomplish something is a conspiracy if it is untoward, unpalatable, or illegal. It's just people deciding to do something. So conspiracies happen all the time. Um, blah, 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 majority... We have a conspiracy to put on a morning radio show. Yeah, you could put it that way if you think the show's terrible. Uh, a majority of men, a majority of women, of white people, of people of color, of registered voters, non-registered voters, old people, young people, Democrats, Republicans, and more. I'm cutting the list short because we're running late. A majority of all those groups believe more than one person was involved in Kennedy's assassination. I think this is more about human nature, doesn't it? I'm actually a... I or think, does it? 
I'm actually uh, in the minority then. I I may I just think it was a, a, a crackpot. Hmm. Uh, this is one of the few questions on this poll in this polarized age in which you can find agreement among Hillary Clinton voters. Fifty nine percent believe there was more than one person involved, and Trump voters sixty one percent really the same. Three quarters of African Americans, about as many Hispanics. Uh, they're more likely than whites to believe Oswald didn't act alone. That's fifty six percent, but it's majorities of all those all those people. Hmm. So you think it was one guy with a gun? I've I've thought that most of my life, just because people, I think the ballistics can be explained. Our pro- professor friend disagrees. I don't think it's that hard a shot for a guy with a decent rifle and a decent scope. Um, and if having did, shot rifles with scopes on a number of occasions, there's also that if he did it ten times, maybe he'd only have pulled it off once, but he did that time. Right. You know, in terms of being hard shot. Right. Yeah, it happens. You know, I, was, I played golf yesterday with some buddies, and a guy sunk a mind-boggling putt. You give him 100 tries, he might have sunk it once. That was the one time. Mm. So, yeah, unlikely doesn't mean impossible. We we don't like to think that, because I've read a lot about Oswald. I read the Norman Mailer book uh, where he, he, he did a lot of research going over to Russia and what Oswald was up to. He was just such a doofus, just a freaking doofus. Mm-hmm. And we don't like to believe that a doofus can... You know, kill a whole bunch of people. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. The Most of the jihadis are doofuses. Right. It's just, we, we don't like to think that. The guy who shoots someone you love for their wallet that has $20 in it and kills them is usually a complete dumb a-hole. Right. It's, it's sickening, but it's true. Uh, so, that's on that the, note. That's that. More transition music. Yes. Not a can't have too much. <laughs> I don't know the word. Neither does it's coming up here. Check it wrong. I gotta play that for my kids today. What's coming up in your news, Ryan Harris? Yeah, well, the big news is I'm gonna make that my new ringtone. Uh, an actress who says she was blackballed after speaking out against sexual assault and harassment in Hollywood makes her first public remark since accusing Harvey Weinstein of rape. Then there's Weinstein's pushback, and we'll tell you what thing we just about all of us do that kills more of us than sharks. That's straight ahead. Well, okay. More of us said sharks. Nobody dies from sharks. <laughs> That's not totally true. Practically nobody. So, God, your answer could be anything. I don't know. I'll stay tuned. That's why it's a tease. So, Elizabeth Warren jumped on the hashtag MeToo thing, and there's some pushback about whether or not that's a real story. Elizabeth Warren, the Warren Commission, coincidence. Oh, mm. God. Mm. Uh, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Friday, right? Am I correct about that? I don't have to come to work tomorrow? Not unless you want to. For this job, my weekend job. I go to that one. Right. I'm the guy who checks your receipts at Best Buy. Huh? You're not getting out of there without with your big TV without Let me, me looking at your receipt. Yeah, right. thorough, you check serial numbers to the oh, thing on the receipt. Oh, like, yeah. I'm not just kind of <laughs> casual glance, scribble something with a marker on there, letting you go. Rubber glove style. There's, there's a responsibility that goes with that highlighter. Yeah. I'm checking every item. <laughs> that six pack of batteries. Those double A, this says double A. They look triple A to me. <laughs> Let's I'm, get the new, yeah. Let's I get better the, not see a nine volt in there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the news now with Ryan Harris. 
Good morning. Actress Rose McGowan makes her first public remarks since accusing film producer Harvey Weinstein of rape, delivering the opening remarks at the Women's Convention in Detroit just a short time ago. McGowan has encouraged supporters to call out harassment and at the event said members of the Directors Guild of America are 96% male and that Hollywood, quote, is the messaging system from, for your mind, the mirror that you're given to look into. I know I'm not alone because I'm just the same as the girl in the tiny little town who was raped by the football squad. And they have full dominance and control over the little town newspaper. There really is no actual difference. It's the same situation, and that situation must end because it is not our shame. My name is Rose McGowan, and I am brave, and I am you. McGowan has been one of the leading voices against sexual harassment in Hollywood, which she says got her blackballed from the industry. She tweeted earlier this month she was raped by a man with the initials HW. Hollywood reporter said McGowan confirmed she was referring to Weinstein. First so, is- so where did this Lisa Bloom article that you printed out come from, Sean? This really long one. I, I don't recall the initial it d- website. It doesn't matter. But, uh, so Lisa Bloom, Gloria Allred's daughter... And she has been a fighting for women's rights advocate in theory her whole life. I'm rolling my eyes, well, but go on. She immediately went to work for Harvey Weinstein when this whole thing broke. And uh, according to this article, that he, sh- sh- her first thought was, I've got, sex- I've got dirt on Rose McGowan's sexual history. And she was going to go scorched earth on these various women accusing Harvey Weinstein ah. and destroy them before this could get going. And you remember she she did that first day saying Harvey Weinstein's old school and he's you know that was the past and all. she immediately leapt to his defense mm-hmm. all because he was making her book into a movie right. right so at least it was a good reason so, he so was, that's what it took to throw her fellow women under the train so she was willing to dig up the sexual history of rape victims to try to destroy their credibility to protect a rapist right. Because her book was going to be turned into a movie. That's right. Lisa Bloom, if you ever come across her again on NBC or wherever she's talking about women's rights or leading whatever uh, march against Trump or whatever. Well, she'll probably be with Weinstein in court because he's uh, suing the company that he co-founded to get access to his personnel files and other records he claims will help clear him of all of these claims. He says that the information can be used also to pursue a wrongful termination case or other legal action against his own company. And the movie industry now establishing a code of conduct after the Weinstein scandal and uh, kicking him out of the Academy earlier this month. Right after it broke, remember, and Ronan Farrow was the guy that had the big story on this, Lisa Bloom called up Ronan Farrow and said, I don't know if you've talked to Rose McGowan, but we have files on her and her sexual history. Wow. Isn't that something? You're the up with women lawyer. Wow. Anybody who can't smell the evil coming off of Gloria Allred and her unholy spawn just must lack the gene or something because they, they radiate it. Well, this one, I tell you, we move on from that one, fellas. Sorry. Uh, this one comes from the First World Problems file. More people die each year taking selfies than from shark attacks. <laughs> good. That was worth staying tuned for. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Sean says good. Good. Yeah. Thin oh, the gets, herd. It, it gets a lot better. We all, a lot of us, not we all, because I'm not included in these people, risk uh, health and limb every day for that perfect shot. In fact, the TV station caught up with Ryan Fell as he stepped back across the safety barrier at one of the most photographed places in the world, the Golden Gate Bridge. 
I would say it's pretty dangerous because like I was walking very carefully um, and I've done like climbed a lot of cliffs and done that so I kind of know how to walk but for someone who's just trying to take a selfie and isn't really looking where they're going it could be very dangerous and possibly deadly. As could a big gust of wind blowing you off the Golden Gate Bridge and dropping you down several hundred feet to water that acts like concrete when you land on it. My favorite ones are when people go to Yellowstone and try to get a selfie with a grizzly bear <laughs> or a bison or something and it whoops the hell out of them. Yeah, Those pay, are the ones I love. Pay well, see, no attention to the scary news stories. If you want to go take a selfie on a cliff and back up, a, go ahead. That's fine. Just You'll be fine. Go, go for it. Well, and you know, it brings up the idea of maybe you get two birds with one stone, somebody taking a selfie with a shark. There you go. Then, it, but, but which category do they fall under? Either way, a Carnegie Mellon, a Carnegie Mellon University study found 127 people were killed around the world over a 20-month period due to selfie fail. Rescue crews now train for these types of accidents, and they are putting that training to work more frequently than ever. And that's your news. I'm Ryan Harris on the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. God, if, if, if one of my loved ones died that way, I would make up a story. I, w- I wouldn't want to say it out loud. When Jason's at the table, I kept on Yeah, yeah, yeah I hear you. He had a heart attack. Do you think he was just doing that to make me jump? Simon Cowell may have had a heart attack. The uh, guy from uh, X Factor and all those shows really? fell down the stairs at his house this morning and rushed to the hospital. So. And I have one more indisputable fact on the Kennedy assassination slash investigation slash cover-up. Okay. Before the end of the hour. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. God, I... The, we don't need more of this, do we? But that other director that's getting some attention now, he would threaten these women he was going to kill them. Wow. He took it a step further. Let's take him down. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. story from the Atlantic in front of me. As Sean yes, said yesterday, I haven't had time to read it yet because I haven't cleared off 20 hours of my life. The Atlantic, when it writes an article, oh, they're very, very long. They're short books. They they really are. And we need that. Nobody's reading them, but we need that yeah. sort of journalism. I know. I know. <laughs> but anyway, this one is the history of Russian involvement in America's race wars. They've been doing it for 80 years. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hell of an interesting topic. So good at it. They've been doing it forever, and we have just, you know, modern technology has made it so much easier for them. So more on that maybe on Monday. Well, any time in American history in the last almost a century, as you point out, anybody's been angry about race. There's been a Russian agent there saying, you're right, you should hate them. You should hate them. The mid-60s, right when it really, the civil the civil rights stuff really going crazy, the Russians were heavily involved in stoking those fires. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Which I don't, I don't think most people were aware of until now. Yeah, some of the fiery parts of the fires, as opposed to the the righteous, peaceful, and decent quest for rights. Although you know they did anything they thought would tear our society apart. It's amazing. Speaking of which, that sort of thing. <clears throat> the one thing that I think is indisputable uh, about the Kennedy assassination, the investigation, the release documents today, etc. <clears throat> in reading some of this stuff, through some of this stuff, is that. <sighs> The CIA during that period was out of control. They were doing they were extremely aggressive 
and uh, and and gave themselves an incredibly wide latitude in what they could do. I think do- we're headed that direction again, by the way, but. Yeah, it's interesting. I've read a, a fair amount about how that kind of goes in a like a sine wave where they get restricted and, and kept in a box and then they get more and more expansive and start doing crazy stuff and nobody has any authority over them. Anyway, it's indisputable that they were at one of their really super active, uh, not controlled points during the Kennedy years. Uh, I really the- want to be in the CIA. That's one of my life dreams. Yeah, I just don't think I have anything to offer, I, I, which has been a problem for me. Yeah, I realized Many at an early age that I, I couldn't, they wouldn't have me, because at that point, if you'd uh, touched any of the ganj, they wouldn't have you. In the CIA? I think they might That's, say that out loud. I was told that over and over again by guys who were in the program. Really? Um, if, you had, if you had the right access, I, I'll bet they'd, they'd ignore that. I'd I don't been, have any access to anything. I'd have been a hired assassin. Wow, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, I'd have, if they'd trained me to do that, I'd have gone ahead and did that. I want to be a guy. You, Exciting work. You get to travel. I, I want to be a guy who, you know, I, I pretend to go on vacation to, like, I went to Moscow or the Middle East. Maybe I am a CIA agent. You don't know. Wow, I but, don't um, know. I just go in there and I, you know, I do stuff. And I, I tell I you what, your back. cover is deep. It's deep. <laughs> yeah, that that would be something. Yeah, you just ooch around and then say, you show up at a rally and say, oh, yeah, I saw Ed there and Bill and Johnny. That whole simpleton, barely informed thing, you've got it nailed. <laughs> Why, thank you. So, uh, listen, what's become clear with the release of some of these documents, um, people in the know are saying, in the inquiry, during the inquiry, the CIA was covering up things it had been doing because the investigation in the JFK assassination was uncovering uh, all sorts of hijinks over at the CIA. And so whether they were covering stuff up because they had a hand in the Kennedy killing is unclear to me at this point anyway. But they were absolutely tampering with intelligence, period. And they were also, it would appear, tampering with intelligence about Lee Harvey Oswald, perhaps to cover up the fact that they knew he was a threat well before the assassination, and they would get nailed with that. Mm. So there is just good old-fashioned pathetic ass-covering that appears to have been happening. Now, whether it's super nefarious, uh, they were involved stuff, I don't know. I'll let you guys figure that out, but there was absolutely ass-covering going on. Uh, follow. And, and if you're caught covering stuff up, people want to know why are you sure. covering it up. Follow up on another topic that I feel like I've spent enough time talking about. But it's good to be James Toback, even though he's a scumbag, and I hope he's going to prison soon. But he is a big-time director in Hollywood. He's been nominated for Oscars. I know his name, or I don't think I remember it. Yeah, I knew a couple of his movies, but... But because the story came out name. after Harvey Weinstein, it's not getting as much attention... Tons of women. 200? I think women have come out accusing him of various things, including rape. Uh, And a number of women, some big stars, Selma Blair, talking about fearing for her life. His move was he would uh, proposition say, you you need to have sex with me if you want this part, or or whip it out and uh, and work his man in front of you and not let you leave (laughs) and all that sort of stuff. That's an odd impulse. It is. But he... 
unlike Harvey Weinstein and just hinting at things or hoping you'd realize you couldn't go up against him or whatever, he actually threatened to kill these people, according to numerous famous actresses. Wow. He would tell me, if you say anything to anyone, I will kill you. Or he would mention, you would sit down and he would mention your, your mother's name, your parents' name, or your, your, your sister's name. Yeah, your sister who lives in Ohio. How's she doing right now? Lives at X address. Jeez, yeah. Louise. James Toback? Yeah. Let, speaking of names, let's remember that name. A monster. A monster. He'd let you know he knew you where you live, your family lives, and that he's willing to kill you. He said, I, he would tell him, I know people. I'll have them killed. Good Lord. Isn't that amazing? And that was kept quiet. Yeah. Hooray for Rapey Wood. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.